Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I preview Thursday night's home opener against the Los Angeles Chargers. But first, Joe, I thought the Chiefs' performance against the Cardinals in week one was pretty flawless. I mean, I, I typically like to nitpick or or use the show to give little critiques of where they can improve, but that's really nothing. The only negative is some linger, lingering injuries on a short week, which is just kind of bad luck. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it unfortunately, like, didn't get to see, as most people who were not at the game, you know, didn't get to see the first two drives because of the whole Steelers debacle with the field goals and the missed extra points and everything in that extended overtime game. So, you know, it wasn't even like, at least on, on Sunday, I got a chance to like see how the Chiefs fired up. Now I had to watch it, you know, recast afterwards. So you don't have that same hyped up feeling that I'm sure a lot of fans missed that, you know, like that was everybody's been waiting. We've been waiting months and months and months for this, you know, for this opening weekend and here, you know, people got to watch this field goal debacle going on in the Steelers game. So that was, that had to take a little bit of the wind out of a lot of Chiefs fans. Cause all of a sudden you turn on the game and it's 14, nothing like, Oh geez. Like I, I, I at least wanted to be fired up for like a couple of series, you know yeah, what I mean? Watching the game and to see right. how, to see how live, you know, uh, watching it live, you know, how the team reacted to getting out there. I'll tell you, Jeff, an angle that, you know, you don't, I haven't really read a lot about or, you know, things that people aren't talking about. And something we've hit on a lot this preseason is, you know, how, you know, we have this little saying that like September is the new preseason. What I was really impressed with was um, Andy Reid's preparedness and getting this team prepared to play a full game. I was so pleasantly surprised at how well that team looked and how good they looked deep into the fourth quarter, um, you know, not, not having played all but, you know, what, 20 plays at most in a preseason game at most. And here they are, you know, in the game, you know, ahead winning, and they're still out there slugging it out. And the starters look just as fresh in the fourth quarter as they did, uh, you know, obviously having to go back and watch the first series on replay, but they, they looked as fresh as they did at the the end and I think that's an accomplishment unto itself because I'm watching other games highlights and different things like that and I'll tell you this you know Andy Reid's got to be in the top five coaches for how to best use the preseason to get your team ready to play a game under these new conditions of you know training camp being a little bit more country club and I was really really happy with that because you know Nothing scares you more than opening day when you have a when you have a camp that's not like it used to be. And Joe, hundred percent agree. And I think you know you said they probably ran like twenty plays with you know Mahomes and Kel- Mahomes and Kelsey. That's probably the perfect amount. It it preserves them. It makes them a little less injury risk. But they got enough that they're in the flow. And the Cardinals didn't play the guys a lot. I don't I don't think Kyler actually played even the snap, and they looked out of sorts. I mean, they were not, not only. They just didn't look right. There were a lot, a lot of, you know, they're playing at home and there were a lot of like 
penalties, you know, just jumping off sides and stuff. So I, I think that's, uh, and, you know, I, I, I think part of it is the Chiefs are obviously, the Chiefs are a better team than the Cardinals, especially with the injuries. I talked about Chandler Jones no longer being there. And then J.J. Watts yeah. out. That's, you know, they have a good secondary, but they're, they're not going to be able to rush without without Watt, Watt there, um, which might lead to, to my next point that I also thought, again, the Chiefs are better. Andy Reid put on a coaching clinic. I'm not sold on Cliff Kingsbury. He had an under 500 record at Texas Tech with Mahomes as his quarterback. I think that's part of it. Um, they also, and maybe this is what's because of Watt was gone, the Cardinals blitzed a lot, it seems to me, which seems weird. Mahomes is great against the blitz. Anytime any lack of success that he's had, and there's been very few moments in his amazing career, it seems like when you flood coverage, and that's that seems to be the book on Mahomes. And Joe, it seemed like the Cardinals blitzed a lot. Did you see that too? Were you also curious? Yeah, so Jeff, you're spot on. And I was thinking that same thing when the game was going on. Um, and then and then I'll circle back to the text that we had about the $230 million contract with Kyler Murray. <laughs> but you know, as the game was going on, what it what it what it what it reeked of for me was a desperate team. They were desperate to do something and to make something happen on both sides of the ball. And and I think you're right, on paper and in preparation. Um, you know, like when I say on paper, I mean like up and down the roster from a talent perspective, you know, at position by position. And then you throw in, you know, Andy Reid just completely coaching himself into oblivion in this game, which he was amazing. Um, you know, I think Spags and, and Eric Bieniemy had fantastic game plans. Like besides those three things, like, like, or I should say because of those three things, I don't think the Cardinals ever really stood a chance. And, and, you know, look, everybody's been touting the Cardinals. They, you know, they had a great season last year, and everybody was expecting, you know, big things. But somebody must have known something when the Chiefs go into this as a, you know, first game of the year as a road favorite, like a big road favorite. Like that was that should have been telling right there. Like right. there's some people that knew what they were talking about because it looked so obvious that somebody had that part of it right because. Obviously, it was fourteen nothing before we even got to watch the game, you know. And the, you know, the other game ended. Um, and and again, back to your original comment, Jeff. I I just think it was desperation, and they just figured let's just throw something at him and hope a, a linebacker or a safety can break through on these blitzes and and linebacker dogs. And you know, bam, you know, all of a sudden it's funny. You know, it's funny. Let me do, here's another little side. Do you realize? Do you, do you notice that when I talk about linebackers coming, I call them dogs and safeties and corners coming blitzes that's actually like the technical term like I love and, it, man. I and, love and it. so yeah I, I always i say that i always wonder if our listeners know what the heck i'm talking about but i, I thought a dog was joe tell like i thought a dog was when you blitz the linebackers that or are they that's it yeah that's it? what i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say when linebackers air quote blitz we called it a dog so we would say a linebacker dog and a safety or a corner blitz so you know i i use that term a lot and i was always like i hope listeners know what the heck I'm talking about when I say, you know, the linebacker's dog, but um, it was just so that we could make determination who came and who did it. Right. Like mm -hmm. if, if it was a blitz, we knew it was somebody from the secondary, but um, you know, I just think it re it just reeked of desperation. I, I, I really was uh, you know, I just wasn't impressed with the Cardinals and look, do, do they have a lot of talent? Yeah. They got some talent on there. They obviously had a great year last year, 
I don't know. I just don't see it. I mean, it's just knock on wood. It's it's one. It's that first game that we were worried about these first eight, right? Based on you know what everybody was saying. Oh, it's the mm-hmm. toughest game in the history. Their schedule in the history of the NFL. First eight games. Blah blah blah. You know, look here we go. I mean, you know, I um, you know, you and I were joking, you know, kind of texting about the the whole the whole Broncos debacle, and you're like, well, there it goes, you know, my Super Bowl pick, and you know, and who could have had a chance? I, you know, look, it's early. We'll we'll see how you know Russell Wilson settles down, but I th- I think the Broncos might have a long uh road to hoe, and and uh, the Raiders, you know, looked okay. A lot you of know, turnovers, the, the Raiders. Yeah, had. they did, and um. You know, I, I've just look. We're moving on, right? We got a short week, and here come the Chargers. So, you know, it's a home Thursday night. Everybody, the whole country's going to be watching. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there. There have to be a lot of people out there that are that want that are rooting for Mahomes because of the you know the flack that he took this off season. You know, and and all these other quarterbacks, and they're still doing it, right? These mm-hmm. these these PFF ratings of the quarterbacks, you know, having Patrick had like one of his best days, best half, best first half of his career. It's just like, and he's still not getting the DAP. He doesn't have Tyreek. Like nobody's giving this team seemingly the respect that they deserve. It's 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 crazy. And I mean, obviously, the games are going to tell us all. When they start playing, you know, when they get to the Bills game, when they get to this Chargers game on Thursday night, it's going to tell some things. But, you know, I, I all things are pointing that Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City team are just kind of thumbing their nose at the world and saying, you know what, it's us against the world at this point. You kind of take it for granted because he's so good, especially in season openers. But Mahomes threw five touchdowns. At one point, he completed 11 straight passes. He connected with you know, all the, the, the narrative or the, the big subplot was how would the Chiefs do without Tyreek Hill? Well, he connected with nine different receivers. Um, he was nearly perfect. I mean, yeah, what, I mean just, he can't complete every pass, but he came uh, darn close. So Yeah, like the, the media, it's crazy. Like the media's out there saying, oh, well, you know, he almost threw that one interception. Like other quarterbacks actually threw interceptions yeah. and nobody's given them any grief. So, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm baffled, um, at, at how, you know, some of this stuff is, is being handled and, um, you know, it's just crazy. But again, uh, as we always know, Jeff, it comes down to what you do on Sundays, week in and week out. So all this hype and everything, whatever, you know, they want to say, just let the Chiefs do their thing, let them do their work. And 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 let them go from there, and 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 prove people wrong. So I and I think they can do it. I mean, Jeff, just you know, you know me. I'm a box score guy, right? Because I like to look at box box scores as if I didn't watch the game, and I, I I try to let the box score tell me the story a little bit, right? And box scores can be just as deceiving as they can be analytical, right? You can be really deceived by you know when, when a team loses. Uh, you know, and they have a good box score, it can be just as deceiving. But nine times out of 10, the box score is going to show you things if you just take it completely objectively and look at it and you start looking at things, um, you know, like the average runs that, you know, that your running backs have, the spread of the runs, the number of carries, the number of plays, the, like you said, nine different receivers, um, you know, the, the, the spread of the yardage that they all had, right. You just look at it. It just tells you so many good things about this game. 
You know, you know, you you're 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 moving the ball down the field with with MVS at, at 11 yards a pop, right? You know, with his 17 is his longest, and then all of a sudden, bam! Sky Moore comes with a 30 yard pass. You know, you're still targeting Travis. Boom, boom, boom! He gets that 135 yarder. You know, they go, they go. You know, uh, Patrick goes at him eight nine times, and he catches eight of them. Right, 121 yards. Another banner day for Travis. I, I just think I, you know, we've been talking about it a lot. I think the, the 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 diversity of this receiving core, along with I gotta say, I know I know that you know that I was really worried about this this running game. And again, I know they didn't have you know they didn't have JJ Watt, and um, you know wasn't the best of game plans that that the Cardinals had. But you can't not be happy with that running effort of of that running by running back by committee. And, and it didn't include him at homes, which is yeah, fantastic, right? And it was clearly like an emphasis. I mean, Edwards Elair, like that was first drive. Edwards Elair was. Early and often, like that was a focus. And then, you know, later in the game, McKinnon had a turn where he was on, I think it was the second drive or the second quarter, where he was like three out of four plays. And then, of course, Pacheco closed it out. So, yeah, I mean, running game, receiving game, a lot of positives. You couldn't ask for, I think, a better, you know, a better opening game. I mean, for, you know, for the Chiefs. Um, and like you said, now it's the health piece, you know, is, is hope that you can get everybody back. And then, you know, the McDuffie IR placement doesn't, you know, doesn't come back to bite them a little bit. But, you know, you know that you got to deal with it. So bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Joe, Bet Online has the Chiefs favored by uh, 4.5. Um, and you mentioned a big story. Trent McDuffie um, is on IR with hamstring injury. Pretty scary to go against a quarterback like Justin Herbert with it's going to be a young secondary. It's going to get even younger. We'll we'll see a lot of the rookies. But on the other side, Keenan Allen, maybe uh, Herbert's best target is, is, is sounds like he's out too. So maybe that's a wash. Joe, I actually think um, the Chiefs win. I just, the Chargers have our Chargers and Chiefs are both really talented, but I'm kind of picking this because I think the Chargers have won the last two at Arrowhead. I think the Chiefs are kind of due. I think they're going to be real hyped because of that, because of the first game in Arrowhead. But I actually like the under on this. I think it's going to be a real tight game, and I think the Chiefs win by under four and a half. I think maybe on a, a field goal. Maybe it'll be a Justin Reed field goal, but but by three points or so. Wow. So you okay? So when you say the under, you think they're they're gonna it's gonna be a low scoring tight game. I I think the yeah. I think it's gonna be high scoring, but the oh, Chiefs, high scoring. So I'm the sorry, over meant, maybe the the over on the points, but it's gonna be under that four. They're gonna margin, so correct. the Chargers are gonna are gonna are gonna cover the spread. Is what you're saying? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, I listen. I you know, it's AFC West. Here we go. Right. No better stage to start it on on a Thursday night with the whole country watching because you know I think just as much as you and I have been talking about the AFC West I, I just you know I've been doing some 
talking to people here on the East Coast, you know, and people that, you know, that I work with in New York and Philly and, and different uh, parts of the country. And, you know, a lot of them are, are, are saying if, you know, football fans out there are saying that this, it is, it, it, or at least, at least before some of the stuff we saw this week was going to be one of the best divisions. And I think when you look back to our poll that, you know, you and I did on Twitter, um, what was it? 80 plus percent, you know, were saying that 80% of the respondents said that the chargers were going to be the, the chief's biggest competition in the AFC West. And boy, I think they were all right. At least now, looking like that. At, at least one. now, look, it's and, looking and the like one it. caveat too, is I think that's looking like that too. You know, the Chiefs had a lot of changes, a lot of new parts, but the Broncos and Raiders did get new coaches and, you know, the Broncos got a new quarterback. So there's all the teams went through a lot of changes in the AFC West, but the, I, I do think the Broncos and Raiders will get better as the season yeah. goes on. Um, but so Joe, I said, when I, when I bastardized the betting terms, but I was basically <laughs> saying the Chiefs by like three, that the, the yeah. Chargers will cover the spread, but lose the game. How do you see it? Um, I, I think I, I'm a little more bullish on, on the chiefs right now. I, I did the chargers didn't do anything against that haphazard Raiders effort to <laughs> tell me, you know, with three picks, I mean, a lot of turnovers, just the chargers didn't do enough for me to say that them coming into, to Arrowhead the Chiefs coming off a big win with a pretty big chip on their shoulder. I don't. I don't think. I don't think this forty-four point, uh, you know, effort by the offense and a pretty solid win over a decent NFC team. I don't think it did enough to get that chip off the shoulder and make the Chiefs and and the people out there feel like they're now giving the Chiefs the respect they have. And I think the Chiefs are going to carry that into the locker room this week. And they're going to let them carry that into the game. And they're going to say, all right, with the country watching and the world watching, now we're really going to show you what we have. And and I, so I think the chiefs are going to win this game by 10. It's, it's at home, you know, you know, I think like you said, great point, maybe, maybe those two injuries, you know, on both sides of the ball with McDuffie, you know, kind of, you know, maybe it cancels out, you know, with, yeah. with, with, with yeah. Herbert used, losing his, his best receiver. So, with all that said, um, with that game under their belt and coming out of the game relatively healthy, I think it's a 10-point win for the Chiefs, and I think they're just going to kind of own the game. It's not going to look like the Cardinals. They're not going to they're not going to score two touchdowns in the first you know couple drives, and you know just make people want to turn the television off. Um, but I, I just think they're going to kind of control the game and chip away at the Chargers, and and by the time you know, the, the end of the game comes around or the fourth quarter or somewhere, you're going to be like, wow, Chiefs just won that game, you know? And like I said, it's not going to be a dominant win like it was against the, the, the cards, but I think they go in double digit, double digit win on this one. Um, barring, you know, a crazy injury or, you know, some wacky type turnover or special teams play. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, uh, Joe, this week they were talking about, you know, it's such a short week. Thursday night games are always tough, but especially when you've just started the season. So how do you prep on such a short week? And Andy, nobody's better at, at preparing. Look how well uh, he had the Chiefs prepared for week one. Um, so no one's better than Reed. And what they were talking about is they, they've they been prepping for the Chargers, uh, which I thought was interesting, since like OTAs. And they particularly really, um, they had almost like a bye week 
after the since it was the three preseason games, there's almost just like another break before the season begins. They spent a lot of that time preparing for the charges. And I, I think that was interesting. It's kind of like, you know, in the NCAA tournament, you have to prepare for those two, uh, two, your two games, you know, you, you don't prepare for the whole tournament, but if you're in the, the round of, uh, uh, of the sweet 16, you prefer prepare for that immediate opponent in that potential opponent opponents you'll play, um, then not the next day, but the game after, because that's the only way you can't, you just know there's not enough time. And it sounds like the chiefs were, uh, looking at ahead wisely. I, I thought that was really interesting, Joe. Oh my God, that's that's very astute, Jeff, and and a great point. And you might as well use the time. And it doesn't mean they're looking past them, right? People might miss miss. There might be a misperception um, that you know because a team is preparing for the Chargers before they played, you know, the Cardinals. You, you kind of nailed it when you said you know, kind of the NCAA. You have to do it, right? You might as well. You know, you, you you might as well take advantage of the extra time that you have because, you know, it's so limited what you can do out on the field, you know, from the hitting perspective and, and the amount of practice time and all the stuff with the with the new regulations about practice time and everything. So <clears throat> I think I think Andy's masterful for doing that. And I hope he does it this week. I hope he says, OK, we've got this game on Thursday. And, you know, before we started recording, you mentioned that, you know, it's almost like. Uh, it's almost like a, it's kind of like a mini bye week, yeah. right? Because they're going to play this. They're going to be game will be over by you know what eleven thirty central time, and and they'll have you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know to kind of recoup, and hopefully during that time, you know they'll start looking not only to the next game but the game after that, right? Because they have to, and they can, and it doesn't mean you're looking past the team that you're playing. You're just doing a great job of using your time to prepare. Nobody, nobody, I would hope, would mistake the 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 Chiefs for looking past the Cardinals by you know preparing for the Chargers if they could, if they had the time, which they did, right? Like you said, with that extra, you know, almost like a bye week during the preseason um, after the third game. So I, I think it's master. I think it's masterful. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Andy Reid just keeps continuing to go to the top of the pile Absolutely. as it relates to the type of coaching he does and how he just really understands how to get teams ready, how to get the most out of his players and, you know, and how to maximize, you know, what he has. He just, he's becoming masterful at it. So Joe, what do you see as the key matchup uh, in this really exciting game? Two great offenses, two great quarterbacks, the two undefeated teams in the, in the AFC West. What's the key matchup for you? Well, I, I think, you know, I mean, you know me, I always, um, I always, I always joke about how quarterbacks don't really go against each other. And, uh, we, we use that little weird analogy, uh, all the time, right. About how, you know, it's not like the two quarterbacks. So let's, let's take it to the real matchup. And I'd say, I, I think this is a matchup of the quarterbacks just happens to be the matchup of the quarterbacks against, against the defense, um, that they're going against. Um, I personally, I think it's, it's, it's really got to, it's going to come down to how the quarterbacks play and how they can either take advantage of, or the other defense can step up and get that quarterback, you know, kind of out of their game. Um, to me, that's, that's really where this game lies, um, is how well, each of the quarterbacks plays. And I think we've been talking about that, right? When it comes to the AFC West, we've been saying that, you know, these, these, these uh, quarterback air quote matchups 
are really going to be some of the best that we're going to see because it's four solid, really good, you know, quarterbacks. I mean, you've got, you know, look, the whole Broncos debacle behind Russell Wilson still, he's a talent. He and, actually and, played pretty well, you know, yeah. two goal line fumbles, but he had well over 300 yards, you know, no, no, uh, he played well, but yeah. And I think, you know, Derek Carr was kind of like the weak link this week, um, you know, of the AFC West and, and the quarterbacks, but you know, they hung in there. Right. And that was something that I saw, you know, with, with the chargers that gives me a, you know, a lot of confidence in that, you know, they, they started hot, right. And they, you know, they scored their 24 point didn't score in the fourth quarter. I mean, it could, you know, could have gotten, could have gotten out of hand. If the Raiders could have just put something together in the first half, it would have been a totally different game. So I, I think it's going to come down to how well, you know, Herbert can, can, can try to at least pick apart this, you know, new improved chiefs defense and, and what Patrick Mahomes can do to exploit, you know, the Chargers defense. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Um, you know, if I had to pick one thing um, for this, you know, for this particular game, when it comes to a matchup perspective is what can these quarterbacks do um, against that? Now, again, it's a little more complicated than that because of course it's going to come down to the run game as well. Cause we saw the chief's commitment to the run game, what that did to the pass game. It's, it, it goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just have a great passing game, without having a good run game. You just and, can't. And Chargers, you know, all the talk about the quarterbacks, the Chargers did get a lot of changes to their defensive line, but last year they were atrocious against the run. That's really what kept them out of the playoff picture. So you could see all the talk about Herbert and Mahomes. You could see the running game might be a key. Yeah, and I think and I think the Chiefs definitely have, in my opinion, I you know, I don't get to watch the Chargers all the time. You know, it's not like I, I know them the way that I know the Chiefs line, but I, I mean, just looking at what I know, right, from the sort of layperson's perspective, I, you know, I think the Chiefs' offensive line is much better um, than 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 the Chargers. So, you know, that's going to play into this. I mean, that's really going to play into this. Is 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 if the Chiefs get that running game going, watch out for Patrick because you know I don't think I don't think teams are going to know what to do. If, you know, if, 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 if the chiefs can establish that run game early and you don't know whether it truly is going to be play action or not, then, you know, who knows what Patrick can do with this new improved receiving core? Um, because that to me was, I think, you know, I just think it was, I, 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 I loved watching that receiving core out there. I, I, I'm actually, you know, look, do I do, is everybody going to miss Tyreek and the playmaking and some of the excitement that he of brings? And he's, of course he's amazing. Yeah. But that he is right. That doesn't mean that, that, you know, both things can be true. There's so much talk about this. Tyreek Hill played great for the dolphins and they had a big win being up the dolphins. Of course, they're going to miss it, but that doesn't mean that the chiefs offense is going to collapse, especially with, all the interesting acquisitions they've made. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah. And maybe, maybe they, maybe it's, it's what they needed, right? Maybe it's the, it's just the, the tweak that they needed for defensive coordinators around the league, or at least, you know, AFC West and, and, and the, and the teams on the chief schedule. Maybe it's exactly what the chiefs needed to mix things up because, you know, you, you get into a little bit of a rut, you know, you get it, you get into sort of a, you know, um, Ruts, I guess, the best word I could think of, you know, with your offense and, and you're dependent on Kelsey, you're dependent on Hill, you know, the running game's not working and then they start to shut those two down and it's like, what else do you have? I, I just feel like, 
I think the Chiefs have so many weapons right now. I really do. And the Chiefs have, I, I guess, what I would call a more sustainable offense. You know, it's more interchangeable, if that's maybe maybe a good word. Um, I think there's just a lot of pieces that they could move around as opposed to like zeroing in on, on a couple of players. On one thing. Yeah. Uh, the last point I'm going to make, speaking of offseason acquisitions for draft picks, I am really curious to see how the Chargers, you know, Khalil Mack was great in week one against his former team, the Raiders. They've added him now with Bosa. That's a pretty imposing pass rush. I'm, I'm really interested to see um, how that does, how, how if they can, if they're able to slow down the Chiefs, if they give uh, the Chiefs any issues. The Chiefs obviously have the advantage of the arrowhead noise. So it might be their pass rush uh, wreaking more havoc against uh, Herbert, but I, I think that's going to be a big matchup to watch. I think if if the Chiefs really are not, you know, contain Bosa and Mac, they're in really good shape. If Mac and Bosa are playing like they did against the the Raiders, who have a, a much worse offensive line, then it could be a different story. So that's what I'm like, excited to see. Yeah, it's going to be a nice matchup. And I, you know, look, I, I'm I'm interested too to see. You know, I know there was a lot of people that said that you know. Furious George, you know, Karlaftis didn't didn't have the game that maybe they expected, but I have to believe. Now, I obviously wasn't privy to to the to the locker room or the defensive line and and defensive uh, coordinator meetings, but what I saw was a very um, what am I looking for? Safe pass rush out of those out of Frank Clark and and Karlaftis because, I mean. Kyler Murray could kill you with his feet, and he's a good quarterback. You don't pay somebody two hundred thirty million dollars. You know, you just don't you don't make that kind of investment in somebody if you don't if somebody doesn't believe he's pretty good. I mean, certainly personnel people and GMs and coaches make mistakes, but I don't think they made a mistake with Kyler Murray. I think he is very talented. He's extremely athletic, and he can kill you with his feet. So I think I'm I'm anxious to to see with a you know. Herbert's, you know, he's mobile. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's he's one of those young, crafty he can be quarterbacks. A bit more aggressive for sure. But I think I think he's definitely more in the drop back, you know, realm than 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 a than a Kyler Murray. So I think I think you know Spags is going to have a much different rush package for him than they did for Murray, which really worked. You know, so you know, I just listeners, just you know, take it easy on George. You know, it was his first game. They probably were telling him to rush the way that he was rushing because look what it did. I mean, they got the win. So it's not always about the sacks. You know, it's not always about the big, you know, big sack dances that you get to do when you take a quarterback down 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Joe, you know, the thing is a lot of people were critical of Karloftis. I think their expectations were way too high because I actually thought he had a good game. You know, notably in the fourth quarter, uh, the first series for the Cardinals on back-to-back plays, uh, you had a second goal and third goal, uh, you know, big time opportunities for the Cardinals. Second goal, he there's pressure by Karloftis on Murray. He had, Murray has to throw it away. And then uh, the following play, he deflected a, a pass. So back-to-back uh, big plays there. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.